You're listening to Band Geek with Richie Castellano on the Riotcast Network. Recording now. So let me know that if that everything sounds okay and looks okay, loud enough, good, beautiful, all right. And if it doesn't sound good, I'm sure. See, the, the band geeks have a very educated viewer, and you guys know about sound now. Hopefully, a little bit because of us, and you'll tell me if the mix is whack, right? You'll tell me, okay. So let's say hello to some people here who have joined us this evening. Hello, Mark Daniels, Lore882T, Boise Bronco, Kali Shaz, Jerry Castaldo, Michelle K. Williams, uh, Randy Wilcox, Sue Escalise. Hi, Sue. Uh, And that's on YouTube. And over on Facebook, we have uh, Bill uh, uh, Comninos, Pedro Marquez, uh, Rob Sandercook, Lula Pari. Hey, Hanan. Uh, Laura Sharp, Craig J. Vowles. Jason Saunier, Everett Williams, Steve Howell, Brian Parksyart, uh, Gene Holtz, Mike Leonard, Phil Robinson, Eddie Lopez, Big Jim, Chris Ferrari, Steve Howell, Ben Silberman, Phil Robinson, did I said already, Dennis Spencer, Fred Paulus. Uh, so if I, if I missed anybody, I apologize. Uh, so welcome to my live stream. Like I said, I had a few issues tonight. And uh, that was. That was a big pain in the butt. Um, basically, actually, I can even show you because I have this this really slick split screen jammy. So here's my computer. This is my audio interface. This is uh, the Motu 1248 for those of you who give a crap. And here's the problem. This number over here that says 24, that's supposed to say 32. So when I went to go plug in things to Pro Tools to record this, it was not recording. It, it, I was missing eight of my inputs. So I don't know why that happened. I know I just updated this. There was a big firmware update. and I just updated it and I didn't notice it change. But today when I turned my computer on to go stream, that was not there anymore. So I had to do some quick patch bay rerouting to get the channels to show up on the stream. So, But enough of my, enough of my problems. Let's, let's get to it. So uh, what I did is I have some questions that I've already grabbed from the YouTube comments, so I'm going to answer those first. And if you guys can think of anything, let me know if you want to hear something, if you want to uh, talk about something or know about something, whatever. And I'm going to play a little music too. I'm going to play something first. I hope it sounds good. Um, here's a tune I wrote called Sinister Intentions. You can see it on YouTube. Uh, but I'm going to attempt to perform it live, which I haven't really done before. And uh, this might be terrible, but it might be good. So let's see. All right. 
So wish me luck, guys. Uh, actually, wait a second, wait a second. I'm going to mute my mic first. I'm going to mute my mic and make sure you can see the guitar better. There we go. Now you can see the guitar. That's nice. Okay. And I'll mute the mic so you don't hear it bouncing off the walls and everything like that. But just someone remind me to put the mic back on when we're done. guys like that I hope it sounded okay let me know did that sound okay can you guys uh, hear everything let's see cool 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 yay all right 
So, <clears throat> let's get right into it. Oh, and uh, for those of you who would like to know and who are interested in these sorts of things, let's see if I can pull this up too and be super duper slick. Here we go. Yes. Okay. Here's the Helix Priest that I was using. Uh, this is the uh, Archetype lead amp with my own hammer, own hammer Mesa IR. A little delay, which I was controlling with the pedal. And there you go. All right. Cool. This is fun. All right. So, first let's do some YouTube questions here. And uh, I'll try to do this in an order that makes sense. Okay, the first question here is from Grab Bag Studios, and that is, have you done any BOC on BandGeek? Uh, okay, so yes, the answer to that is, yes, we have done BOC on BandGeek, and um, we've done a few BOC songs, actually. We did Burning For You, uh, we did it a couple times, we did that with John Michelli and Danny Miranda, then we actually did it with Buck and Eric. And um, we also did Transmaniacon MC, which was a special request from Mick Gray, comic book artist Mick Gray, who's a big BOC fan, and he was a guest on our show, and he asked for that tune. So, yeah, we've done a couple of BOC things. Uh, that's all I could think of off the top of my head. Uh, I mean, I guess I don't do more because I do that, like, every weekend. So, you know, I, I try to do different things, but I'm not against it. And, uh, you know, obviously we love BOC music, and we already know it, which is a big plus. So, thank you for that question. Um, here's another one. Okay. All right, this one's from Joe Graham, and the question is, and this is referring to the band geeks, do you guys rehearse before going live? And, uh, kinda. What, I, I'm a big proponent of doing homework, um, so I tell everybody, I try to give them enough notice, and one of my issues that everybody sort of gets on me for is I never give anybody enough notice of what songs we're doing, and I know the guys complain about that all the time. But um, the, the what we do is we, we say, okay, we're going to do this song, like two or three songs. Everybody goes home and they learn the parts as best as they can. And then, then we get together in the studio, and usually the first thing we'll do after we everybody gets there, we'll get our mixes and get set up. The first thing we'll do is we'll go over the tune and, and we'll run through it a couple times and you know hand out some harmonies. Um, you know you're singing this, you're singing this, and any problem spots that we have to go over, we'll iron that out and we'll rehearse it usually for about a half hour and then we'll go into then we'll go into the uh, recording and we usually record it a bunch of times until we're all happy with it and then we edit it into the show. That's the way we usually do it. So I guess the answer to that is, yes, we do rehearse before the shows. Um, here's one from Giampaolo DeMontis. Are you all Italians? Uh, <clears throat> we're all half Italians. Uh, I'm half Italian. Uh, my mom's Jewish, so I'm a pizza bagel. Um, Jarrett is full Jewish. Andy is, I think, three-quarters Italian, if I'm not mistaken. Sue can probably correct me on that. Anne-Marie is also three-quarters Italian, and who else? Oh, Vinny, I think, is 100%, and uh, Andy. I think Andy's 100% as well. So, yeah, we, we most of us have some Italian in us, um, and that's uh, our Italian fan, Giampaolo. 
And also, I want to thank Jim Paolo for um, he contributed to the show. He gave us a donation. Thank you, Jim Paolo. He's a great contributor. Also, this week, uh, Mary Ann Stasio. Thank you, um, Aunt Mare. And um, Jason Meinhardt. And if you'd like to contribute to Band Geek, there's a, the link at the bottom of the page here. And all you got to do is go to richiecastellano.com slash titjar, and it's a PayPal form. So if you like what we do and you want more of it or you want to you know, throw us a tip like you would watching a band at a gig, you can totally do that, and we definitely appreciate that. And also, if you use Amazon, use our Amazon link. That's um, riotcast.com slash bandgeek. There's an Amazon banner at the top of the page. Click that before you do your shopping, and then when you check out, a small percentage of your purchase goes to supporting our show, and it doesn't cost you anything extra, and that's a beautiful thing. So let's go to some more questions here. All right. Someone watched... We did um, a fan request, uh, like a all-request episode a couple of weeks back, and uh, we did a song called Hold On, which is a prog rock song that me... Andy Ascalise and Andy Graziano recorded in high school, and uh, Tom Spallone would like to know: Can you put uh, if we can put out a whole album, a whole collection of this stuff? Well, we have, and here it is. It's called Progeny 1999, and you can get it on, I believe, iTunes. I don't know if I'm doing the physical CDs anymore because you get screwed by CD Baby, so I'm doing this uh, digital only. Um, but not that having the physical CD is any better than having the digital for this particular album. I mixed this on uh, in my dorm room, and I don't think I did that great of a job. No, it sounds fine. Uh, but it's called Progeny 1999, and it's um, all prog rock, or mostly prog rock, and that's me and the two Andes. So let's take a live question. Let's see what we got here. All right, let's go to Facebook first. Oh right, Del Clayman, correct. We did um we did Bucks Boogie on the show a couple times too, that's right. Good looking out. Okay. All right, um Dave uh, Casey wants to know, where is the Wonder Woman action figure? Um, she's always close by to protect me. This is actually, uh, my buddy Damien Scrow got me this for my birthday one year. Uh, and I used to bring this to local gigs and put this on top of the amp so it would do that. But then it got screwed up in my gig bag. So now she has a head injury. And Anne-Marie painted this red to make it look like she's her brains are bleeding. So there she is. It used to have the lasso on it, but it fell off. So, but she stays there, and she makes sure she makes sure everything is good. All right, let's see what else we got here. More Facebook. Okay, Bill Green rebuilding my grandfather's two-speaker cab from the early '60s, looking for, looking like an end table. What speakers would I recommend? Uh, I use I use two things. Um. For guitar, I mean, if, I'm assuming you're talking about guitar, guitar amps. Uh, for guitar amps, I use, I have Celestion, the six, the V70s, I think they're called. Yeah, the Celestion V70s. Uh, that's in my angle cabinet. And another uh, speaker that I really, really like is in my VHT cabinet. And that, uh, th- those are Eminence P50s. Those sound beautiful. So, uh, thank you for the question. Uh, let's go to YouTube. 
for another one. Okay, here's one from ha- uh, Haddon101. Teach me a sweet ass blues lick. Okay. <laughs> That's terrible. Hold on. All right, you know what? I'm not going to play a sweet ass blues lick on this guitar anyway. Jeez. What kind of blues look do you want? I mean, sweet ass is a good descriptor, but you know. But I can. <laughs> All right. Anyway, sweet. All right. Here's um. This is like an Eric Clapton thing I play a lot of. I I love Eric Clapton. So um, this is like what I what I usually do. That's like my go-to lick, so I'll show you that one. Um, and it's got like a little bit of a bounce to it. Um, I probably played it differently twice in a row. But anyway, here's how you play this lick. We're in the key of G. Um, and this is like uh, what Clapton would play during Stepping Out from the Blues Breakers. So um, it starts off in everybody's favorite pentatonic position. To, uh, but I like to start in the middle of that instead of starting from here because I always say... Like, if you're, I, I, I always used to say this to my students, um, if you start all of your licks with, uh, just because that's where you practice the solo from, it doesn't really sound good. It sounds like you're practicing the scale. So I do it up the octave, uh, and it starts like this. So you start from the G here on the uh, fifth fret, and very important to get that clapped any sort of thing, you have to bend the minor third, the B flat, a little sharp all the time, like every time you play it, and you got to have that little bounce, so you got that, and that's right here in the middle of that box shape, and the other thing I like that he does is he goes back and forth, he'll do like a, you know, fourth interval here, so there's the first part, then you slide into the uh, second pattern here, and then do the to the uh, fifth. Then play the the uh, flat seventh, and go back. So let's we'll see what I played before. And then I, I go back down. I can't even explain this lick because I do it. It's like my default. But see so there, give that some nice vibrato. Then play that. Uh, and I, I play that flat seventh with my middle finger. Uh, here on the 6th fret B string, then slide back then. Then I do that, sort of like a a variation on the first part. And then I play the scale down. And then I slide down to the the pattern below. And I can go back. It's, you know, I'm really playing around with that idea. Go back to the root there. Uh, whatever it is. But there's a sweet blues lick for you. I hope that's what you wanted to know. All right. So 
Let's see what else we got here. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry if I'm taking anybody from the World Series, but I doubt anybody here would want to watch is, you know, a World Series person or else you'd be watching that and not this. Okay. <clears throat> I thought that was a question. That was a statement. Okay. Um, Joshua Batten, have you heard of Sons of Apollo, Bumblefoot, and Mike Portnoy? Yes, I have. It's amazing. Uh, everybody, go check that out. It's a super group with like everybody you'd ever want to be in a band together. In a band together, I believe it's um, uh, Bumblefoot, Mike Portnoy, Billy Sheehan, Derek Sherinian, and Jeff Scott Soto. It's like that's like the band of doom right there. Uh, really, really cool. Um, here's one. Dying to get a Castellanos House of Music t-shirt. Where can I get one? Uh, that's from M. Latisa 41 uh, I don't even know if they're for sale. I guess you have to call the store and ask uh, if we have any. I guess we can do that, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Sayolani wants to know, are we planning to play in Spain anytime soon? Um, I- I'm not, but you never know with Blue Oyster Cult. It could just pop up on the schedule. Um... Let's see. All right, here we go. From uh, Jeremy Graham. Hi, Jeremy. Is Band Geek going to go on tour? Um, the, the thing about what we do with Band Geek is usually it's when people are off tour and, and we can get... Oh, thank you very much for the, uh, for the, for the uh, tip. CC4BOC. Uh, Appreciate it. Yeah, so the thing is, like, it's, we usually take advantage of people being home from the road. But that being said, you know, I wouldn't be against people... I wouldn't be against going on a tour with this band. I love these guys. So anything's possible. But most of the time, we just like to hang down here and play music and bring it to you guys through the internet. So, um, okay. Here's another one. Do we ever do anything by Rush? Anne-Marie would do great with the vocals. Um, very good question. And let me answer that question right now. Let's see. Um, And there it is. Boom. There's an ad for the World Series that's on right now. I'll play a little, little snippet of this. This is from like the early episodes where we had one camera and it was Brandy holding it. And the men who hold high places must be the ones who start to mold a new reality closer to the heart, closer to the heart. Yeah, sorry, but I know I just uh, covered up the screen for a second, uh, but that should answer that question. Um, yeah, so, hold on, I'm having a little issue here, give me one second. Sorry, sorry, sorry.
My my whole studio is wacky today. Something weird happened before. All right, that's much better. Okay, where were we? Sorry about that, guys. All right. Let's head back to Facebook for a sec. Ben Silberman, any chance we will see a band geek performance on the cruise? Um, what he's talking about is the Rock Legends cruise that we're playing, I believe, in February. Um, and the answer to that is I would love to do something like that. Um, it, it'll probably end up being just me with like an acoustic guitar in a room somewhere, but I'm open to it. I've uh, talked to our manager about seeing if I can do something like that, because I would love to take advantage of being on the cruise. I know there's a, a few band geek people going to that. So, yeah, I'm trying. I'm The answer to that question is I'm working on it. I would definitely love to have something like that happen. So that's that's the answer to that. Um, okay, let me answer another uh, question from one of the YouTube comments. Okay, um, or this is one about Amory. Can Amory play guitar? Uh Depends on play. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Amory is Am- Amory can play a lot of instruments. She plays guitar just fine. She's not like a crazy shredder, but she can play chords and stuff, and you know, no problem with that. Uh, she's ser- definitely like you know a ser- serviceable. That's that the right word uh, or competent. You know, rhythm guitar player. Totally fine on that. Uh, but she's actually more of a bass player. I think she's a phenomenal bass player, and she plays piano great. She plays piano better than me. And um, obviously, you know, you've all heard her sing. She's ridiculous. But, yeah, so, yes, the answer to that is, yes, she can play guitar. And that was from Kelly Bowman. Uh, Here's another question. Okay. Oh, wait. Thank you very much, Lou Lapari. Appreciate that. Okay. um, Here are a couple of questions all about the same thing. Uh, These are about how we record the Band Geek videos. Okay, uh, Romo182 wants to know, do you guys track using a metronome? Also, are all your guitar and bass tones helix-based? Okay, um, excellent questions, very good questions. So do we track using a metronome? 95% of the time, no, we don't track using a metronome. Um, Just because, like, we're too lazy to do it or it's a pain in the ass to do it when we're we're live. Uh, But usually we don't. Um, Sometimes we will. If it's like, okay, you know, we have a tendency if we get excited, we'll speed up, especially if something's hard. So if we're rehearsing something and, and the tempo is just like flying uh, and getting out of control, then yeah, we'll put on, we'll put on a click and um, we'll, we'll do it that way. But most of the time we won't. Like I, I can tell you where we used a click. We used a click on hold on uh, just because it, like it was not sitting right. We used a click on, I'm trying to think. I think we used a click on the calling, um, just because it has that like middle section, 
uh, with the, the um, if I can remember this. That, that whole thing. I think we used it because there, like, there's some crazy drum fills and we were pushing it. So we used it there. And I think we used one on Bell. Um, Bell, we had, like, a whole MIDI file that we were playing along with and, uh, like, with the brass and some of the percussion things. But um, most of the time, we just play without the click. Um, here's a question from Steve Boots. What's Danny been up to? Uh, Danny's playing with Blue Oyster Cult again. And when he's not playing music, he's driving me absolutely crazy. Okay, here's, <laughs> um, uh, here's one from... Uh, oh, and that was a question from uh, Steve Boots. Okay, here's one from Arroz... Or, or, oh, sorry, Arroz Compoyo 1 from YouTube. Uh, I love your total covers. Would you ever do another one? By the way, your Michael McDonald's ridiculously good. Um, well, thank you very much for that. Um, <clears throat> I've been banned from doing Michael McDonald in the BOC dressing room. But that's a whole other story. Uh, yeah, we, we, we would do another um, total cover. I, I think well, we've done Rosanna. We've done Hold the Line. I would really like to do Africa because um, me... Danny and Andy used to do that and we, we used to do gigs at the Red Lion and it would always go over great and that's a very, very fun song to do. So, um, thank you for that question. Uh, here's another question from YouTube, uh, from one of the comments. Um, okay. Oh, I didn't, I didn't answer the second part of Romo 182's question. Also, are your guitar and bass tones Helix-based? Okay, so let me tell you how we do that. Um, we monitor... Uh, I have a few setups here. I have a Helix rack. I have a VHT preamp with a two-notes torpedo cab. And I have a bunch of inputs. And usually what we'll do is uh, the bass goes in direct. I will go in through, through, the, um, through the Helix. And if there's another guitar player, he'll go in through the VHT. And we record the sounds from those. And if I like them, we'll keep them. But I also record DIs, which means I record the guitar without the amp sound on it, just like the, the dry, direct guitar. And you know what? I'll show you what that sounds like, just to uh, give you an example. This is what the guitar sounds like with nothing on it. It's not very sexy, but we record one track of that and the output of the Helix and the output of the VHT and whatever. And then what we'll do is later on, if I'm mixing, and whatever sound I picked is just not working for me, I'll run it back to the Helix. So now especially that there's the um, Helix native plugin, I've been using that like crazy. Uh, that's basically a plugin version of the Helix that you can put on tracks after the fact. And lately I've been using that pretty much on every guitar track. I've been just using the DIs and uh, doing it that way. And the reason I do it that way is because I we, we try to get things done very quickly because I don't want to be standing there when I have guests over um, trying to find guitar sounds, um, you know, and tweaking stuff. So what I'll do is I'll just record something good enough to track with, knowing that later on I'm going to go back and, and replace it with something a little better. So that's that's the answer to, to that. And the same thing goes for keyboards. Um, we monitor with the internal sounds from my Roland keyboard that I have here, but we also record the MIDI, and later on we'll replace those with better sounds. But... Because, you know, if whoever, whatever guest keyboard comes over, they don't know my keyboard too well. 
So I'll just have them record with like a piano sound or an organ sound, and then later on when I'm mixing, I'll choose the uh, the correct sounds. So here's some more um, tech questions. Oh, I love these tech questions. These are great. Here's a live one right now from Kali Shaz. How are you syncing video to audio, especially with the multiple cameras? Uh, the way I do that is I basically look at the, the sound files on the cameras and I look at the wave file on the audio mix and I nudge them until they match and then I look at them to make sure they're syncing. I mean, we screw up sometimes. There are some videos where, you know, it's not really perfectly synced, but that's the best way I know how to do it with the, the equipment I have. That's a good question, Kali Shaz. Thanks a lot. Um, okay, here's another one. Um, here's one from John Smith. Why do they wear headphones when playing? Groups don't wear them on stage. Um, okay, so groups don't wear headphones like, that look like, say, this. You know, big headphones, which is what we wear. And uh, we use Audio-Technica headphones, M50s and M40s. Uh, but they are wearing tiny in-ear monitors. So it's the same principle as headphones, uh, except they're wearing ones that look cooler that you can't really see. Um we're wearing the big one just because we're in a studio. We're not running around, um, and that's what I have down here. Um, the reason for that is so we can hear things. Now, sure, we could put on uh, – I have a mon- like a big speaker in the studio. I can put everything through that. And, um, for example, we did that on the Spinal Tap episode. We used um, – we just used no headphones, just a speaker in the room. I don't like doing that because it's – it's very hard for me to mix that way. It, every track has bleed, meaning, uh, okay, for example, if, say we have like guitar amps in the room and everything's loud, uh, in all the vocal mics, you're going to hear everything. And it makes it difficult for me to mix. And I like a very, I like a very sort of pristine, clean sounding mix and isolated. And I, th- that's what I'm interested in doing. So that's why I do things that way. Uh, because it gives me more options later on when I'm mixing. Um, so you can do it that way. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a preference for me that I like that I like to do that. And um, here's an, another related question from Ox Songwriter. Um, you guys are awesome. Just a, Thank you very much. Uh, just a question. What do you use to connect you all via earphones? Okay, another great question. Good uh, tech question here. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you the, run, the rundown on that. So let me go bring back my mixer here. All right, there's two things. We have, here's what my, here's what the mixer looks like when we're doing a band geek, right? And I have all these things up here called auxes. Uh, this basically represents everybody's individual submix. So for example, like here's the, here's the, the mixer with all the faders for everybody's channel. As you can see, I'm talking right now through this one. And usually when we're doing a band geek, everybody would have their own thing. Um, but what we'll do is, I'll say for example, Andy is aux one, um, Vinny's aux two, I'm aux three, Amory's aux four, and and you can see every row has this aux, and what this corresponds to is an output on the back of my mixer, and I use a digital rack space mixer, the thing that crapped out of me today actually, the Mo two twelve forty eight, which is usually great, but today for whatever reason I had a problem with it. But anyway. Um, so the output of the corresponding hole here, the output jack, goes to, I have a little um, Behringer headphone amp, and so each one of these outputs goes to 
each one of these auxes goes to a different headphone jack, and then we plug into that, and we have our own individual headphone amp, and that's how we mix. And the cool thing is using iPads in my studio, we can actually mix ourselves. So here I can go to, on the iPad, I have the app for the Motu, and I can go to my individual mix and listen to exactly what I want to listen to. So that's a really handy thing, and it was a very good upgrade getting this, and it really made doing things isolated and having everybody's headphone mix possible. So that's a great question. Let's take some uh, some more live questions here. Let's visit Facebook for a sec. All right. Can I rip the Hotel California solo quick from Jesse Grummet? I suppose so. Let's see. Thank you for that. Uh, here's some, some more Facebook questions here. Let's see. Oh, why am I losing all these old questions? That's stupid. All right. I lost some of the older questions. Sorry about that. Uh, Jeffrey Sakura, are you a Joe Bonamassa fan? Yeah. I, I, Joe Bonamassa rules. It's great. Um, let's see. All right. I oh here's one here's one from Miles McMillan. I really like when you sing Hot Rails to Hell. Any chance of you uh, singing any other songs originally sung by Joe or Albert? Uh, I've sung a bunch of tunes. I've sung Morning Final and Screams. Those are the two tunes because we did those albums. Uh, we did um, the first album and Agents of Fortune. So um, yeah, I've done those before. So I have. I'm open to it. Basically, whatever they need. I'm I'm happy to do whatever whatever they they want. Um, okay. <laughs> Ray Magnuski. <coughs> Ray Magnuski wants to know if the cast of Spinal Tap needs to lose weight. Apparently we do. Uh, Ray is referring to a comment on YouTube that says, Oh, you know, good job, but, you know, I'm concerned about your weight. So thank you for the concern. Really, we really appreciate that. Um, Donald Vandervoort, did I see the new Music Man Axis? I did not. I, I, I would love to see that. Uh, th- did they change something on it? 
That could be cool. Um, let's see. How did I get Scott Teruli? How did I get the BOC gig? Um, I, I'd like to go into that, but I've told that story about a dozen times. Uh, I'll give you the quick version. I was uh, friends with their sound guy, Steve Lucera. I filled in for him a few times doing sound, and then uh, the uh, when Aunt, when Danny left to go work for Queen, they needed someone on short notice, and I filled in on bass, and then two years later, I uh, switched to guitar. Oh, thank you, Ben Silberman. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. We love you. Uh, okay, let's see. Don Peterson. I opened for BOC at the Majestic Ventura Concert Theater in the late 90s. Were you in the band back then? Uh, no, I started working for them in 2000. Okay. Let's see. If you, uh, Randy Boggs, if you had to choose who is your all-time favorite guitar hero, um, okay. Normally, the default answer to that question is Brian May, but lately, I'm going through a big Trevor Rabin mode, so yes, it is Trevor Rabin lately. Ralph Pitts, do you think you'll ever have a special band geek featuring yours and Andy's songs from Prodigy and Two-Part Invention? Uh... You guys have some great uh, songs on those albums. The Queen is an excellent tune. Thank you very much. That's one of my favorite songs. The Queen that, that, that I, I wrote. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm open to it. Uh, Ralph, you seem to be one of the few people that appreciates the original stuff. Normal, normally people want to hear covers. But yeah, we're open to it. You know, I, I, love, uh, I love playing original music. It's just, I feel weird doing it just because uh, you're like kind of vulnerable when you play original music. And I, I have like a, I have like a complex about it. Oh, thank you very much, Ralph Pitts. Yes, we love you, Ralph. Oh, you know what? <clears throat> I, I gotta play a song for Ralph now. Okay. All right, I'm, I'm gonna play a song I didn't rehearse for Ralph because I love you, Ralph. Um. I'm working. All right, I'll 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 let you guys know a little something. I'm working on a a project right now. Um, it's going to be like a live streaming thing, like a regular live streaming thing. Uh, I'm not 100% ready with it. It's probably going to launch at the end of this month. But um, I did work up a little bit. I just don't know if I remember the the chords to this. So I'm gonna this might this might be horrible. Let's see. All right. I hope I hope this is good and I hope you like it, Ralph. I need the words to this too. Crap. Oh, hold on. This is embarrassing. I have to go to my own website and get my own words. Okay. Beautiful. I'm also <clears throat> kind of sick. That's not an excuse. Hey, 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 yeah.
me relearning the song. All right, I hope this sounds good. Check, 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 check. Hey, hey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me just a sec. I know this is riveting. Okay, Ralph, just for you.
you like that um yeah that's called the queen i apologize for my voice cracking i'm under the weather but i had to i had to muscle through it just for uh just for ralph thank you very much ralph so um let's answer some more questions here we're doing, our time. We're doing pretty good on time Oh damn! I just saw Donald's uh, picture of the new, of the new uh, axis. That looks beautiful. Uh, someone asked before uh, they wanted information on this strat. Uh, I apologize. I don't remember who that was because the, the 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 comments they go away after a while. So I got to get on top of that more. But um, this is a road worn Mexican strat, and I have Demarzio Area sixty ones in the bridge and middle, and I have a virtual solo, and it sounds really nice. <laughs> Uh, here's the uh, neck and middle. Here's the middle. Here's the uh, middle and bridge. And here's the bridge. I don't want to go into it too much because I I did this on one of the last episodes. Um, Here is a question from my friend Tony Hansen. Why do I hate Nerf guns in Artemis so much? It's an excellent question. Um, What Tony's referring to is my favorite video game, Artemis Bridge Simulator. Uh, Go check that out, uh, Artemis Bridge Simulator. You can look it up on Google. It's the greatest game ever. Um, I don't like Nerf guns because... uh, they uh, take me off the bridge, and I like to be on the bridge. So there you go. Uh, we have some more questions here. Um, here's one from oh uh, J D Simone. Do I take outside work and recording requests? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, when if time allows, I I definitely do that. That's something I love doing. I love being down here in the studio and doing work. Uh, speaking of which, Jeff Cook wants to know if there's any news about the rumored new B O C album. Um, as far as I know, we're doing it. That's uh, that's the answer to that. Okay, Della Clayman would like to know, care to comment on your Mickey Thomas experience? I would love to comment on the Mickey Thomas experience. Um, <clears throat> I just got to go to Mexico to the Hard Rock ca- Cafe at um, Riviera Maya with Blue Oyster Cult, and it was a uh, an event with multiple bands, and it was Queensryche, Mickey Thomas' Starship, Foghat, and Us. And Mickey Thomas actually organized 
a uh, a poolside jam for all the bands to participate in, and um, we didn't have for, for we we didn't have all of BOC jamming. Uh, it was just Buck and I uh, who were at the jam, so we didn't have our full band. And we and Mickey was organizing it, and we told him like you know sorry we don't have the full band here. Uh, but we would like to still play, and Mickey was super cool. He was like, "Oh, why don't you guys just sit in with Starship, and then you guys can uh, can play that?" <clears throat> so uh, they play with us. So we were thrilled to do that. And um, the only bummer was there were only two guitar amps there at the pool. So um, and I was sort of asked out, but then I said, "Hey, would you guys mind if I brought my Helix? I can plug directly into the PA. I don't need an amp." And they were like, "Yeah, yeah, come on down. The more the merrier." And uh, it was awesome. And we did like four tunes with them. We did Sign Seal Delivered. We did um, um, a blues. I can't remember the name of the blues. Uh, we did Another another Piece of My Heart by Janis Joplin. <coughs> and, then, and then at the end... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, thank you, Todd Brassfield. We love you. Thank you very much. You're the man. And then um, at the end, we did... Uh, Fooled Around and Fell in Love, and uh, they asked me, uh, do you know Fooled Around and Fell in Love? And I think I have this uh, captured on video, my response to the, to the question. Let me, see if I can, let me see if I can get this. Hold on a second. This is very funny. I thought it was funny. I'm going to have to bleep this later, too, because I used some profanity. Sorry, guys. I'm trying not to curse anymore on Bang Geek. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. I'm trying to clean up, clean up our act. But it's very hard, because we all talk like sailors. Okay, is this it? Open with... Alright, I think that should do it. Um... Okay, alright, alright, here we go. I'll show it to you. A little jazz never... I'm trying to find the intro. But that didn't stop me, right, of course. Alright, so the camera's on my mic stand. It's my phone. Nice buzz. I'm so excited to be here. It's a beautiful day. Cancun. We're not done though. We got so much more. We do. We we do. What do we got? We got another song, man. Eh? We do. <laughs> we do. Hold, we on kind of Hold on a second. Del Clavin says I got to make out with some chick in the front row in the pool. <laughs> Congratulations, man. You did better than any of us. <laughs> you kill, you're killing me. A lot of the stuff we did last night, but we do have one song that's kind of an organic thing, but just to change up the pace a little bit, we're going to do a, called Fooled Around and Fell in Love. Oh, yeah. Look at this. You sing that song. Yeah. I did. All those many years ago. 1976. We were Elvin Bishop there. I was in my mom's family. I wasn't old enough to drink. But that didn't stop me right now. Buck's laughing at me right now. 
<laughs> so this is our fall around the fellow moment. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna, I'm gonna die. die. <laughs> At least they set us up with the proper I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I know, I fucking know this song. <laughs> Thank you, Donald. player from Mickey Thomas, his name is John, I think his name is Roth, he's awesome, a great guy too, you can't see him in my stupid camera angle though. So I don't, I'm, I'll be here all day just looking at myself playing this song. So I uh, hope you guys like that. So that that was a, a huge, you know, big deal for me. I really really enjoyed that. That was awesome. We got a lot of questions here. Hold on, I'm going to try to catch up. Okay. Um, John Wang wants to know: Ever thought about doing out on the tiles? It could happen. You know, that's uh, that's definitely a possibility. Um, how can a musician get in on an episode of Band Geek from John Cotillo? Um, I don't know. I just usually a- a- ask my friends to do it or people I meet. Um, 
If you, can, if you know someone cool who wants to be on BandGeek, uh, let me know. Send me an email at uh, Richie at RichieCastellano.com. Um, okay, Michelle K. Williams would like to know, can you talk about having to sing Lips in the Hills a short notice at the gig that Eric had to miss? How did you prepare? Um, yeah, we... Um, okay, that's very hard. Okay, that was really tough. Singing... Eric has such a unique voice and vocal style, it's very hard for me to sing like him. Um, so I did my best approximation of that. Um, basically, when we found out that Eric wasn't going to be on the gig, I went through, like, I have a list on my phone of all the tunes we do, and I went through that, and I said, okay, I can probably sing these, like, six. And I sent a text message to Buck, and I was like, these are the ones I could probably do. And he he picked from that. And uh, it was tough. Like, I had my iPad on the stage. I had to read the lyrics, and there was some, you know, I made some mistakes. But it, there, there was no preparation. I just sang it, like, once in the dressing room, and everybody said, okay, good enough, and we moved on. Uh, that was... Uh, that was it. Oh, thank you for that question, by the way. Um, Ratch, Ratch Dan wants to know, do Blue Oyster Cult uh, do sound checks, or do we use presets and virtual sound check? Uh, 90% of the time we do sound checks. You know, Even with all the, the presets from the digital boards, you've got to do sound checks. It's different, uh, it's different, on, it's different for every, uh, every venue. Uh, Ben Perry would like to know, uh, Line 6 Variax for my Helix, yay or nay? Quality of the guitar. Um, I love my Variax, and I'm also going to take this opportunity to answer a couple of YouTube questions. Um, this is my Variax. It is a digital modeling guitar. So right now, I'm on the magnetic pickups, but I'll switch over to Variax mode. Uh, here's a Stratocaster. Oops. Delay off. Here's a Telecaster. You know, it sounds right. Here's a Les Paul. There's that blues lick from before. Uh, here is a Les Paul special. Yeah, here's a uh, Rickenbacker. But a thing I love that this could do... Oh, shit. I just the wrong button. Sorry. Um, is this. You have all these like wacky sounds in here, and also a lot of people ask me about twelve strings. Uh, this was a, one of the questions from. Hold, on, let me see who asked this. Uh, Rob Lowry wanted to know about the twelve string sound on YouTube. So check this out. I just go to acoustic. You know. Um, Set, there's my 12 string. And my acoustic. And this is the same acoustic sound I use on the vigil. Um, um. 
Yeah, I the Variax is like an invaluable studio tool. I really think every guitar player should have one. It's it's freaking awesome this thing. And I play one with BOC too. I have I actually play the cheaper one with BOC. It's called the Variax Standard, so that's the one I, I usually use. But this is the the nicer, more expensive one. So yeah, uh, definitely I give a thumbs up to the Variax. And if you have a Helix, it works really nicely in tandem with with the Helix. So thank you for that question. Uh, let's go back to some more live questions here. Donald Templeton, do I have tours of my home studio? I'm heading to New York City in a few months to work for a week. That means I'd have to clean my house to have guests over. Uh, normally I don't because it's like it's my house. It's not a commercial studio. Uh, Riley63 would like to know, how did you meet the other band geeks? Um, uh, the, the band geek I've known for the longest is Jarrett. We lived down the block from each other. Uh, since we're like nine or ten years old, I think, uh, maybe even earlier. Uh, I met Andy in high school. We went to high school together. I, I have to keep looking at the picture in the background to figure out who's in the, the band geeks. Um, uh, Randy is Andy's wife. Uh, Anne-Marie I met at a gig. I was playing a gig with my cover band, uh, and she used to come and sneak in because she was underage, uh, and, uh, and that's how we, we met, and... Uh, Vinny is someone I knew through uh, my dad's music store. His little sister took vocal lessons, and, and you know he was always a talented young kid. And Andy Raziano, I was in a band with in high school. So that's how I know all the band geeks. Thank you for the question. Um, what's the heaviest sound that guitar can achieve? Okay. Someone wants to know about being heavy. On the very X. Well, for heaviness, what I would probably do is go to the built-in magnetic pickup. And I have this neat preset I made called Gent. Let's see if I can find it. It's probably the wrong bank. Hold on. I'll probably make this preset available to people soon. Because this is something I was messing with and it just sounds killer. There it is. Okay, ready? Call me on. And that's a question from Accentor. And I can also do that with the um, Variax pickups if I go to Lester. Here's my song that I played before. I know a lot of people say you can't um, palm mute with the Variax. I mean, I'm doing it. Pantera sounding, yeah. Alright, 
whatever. I'll, I'll get carried away with that. Yeah, this is a. I, I think it's great. I mean, I I prefer playing an Axis just because that's like what I've been playing since I'm 16 years old. But <clears throat> this is a great addition to your collection. It's going to give you access to a lot of stuff that you just you can't do. You just can't do with other guitars. It's it's its own instrument. Uh, the one piece of advice I would give to people though with the Variax is whatever model you're on, pretend you're playing that guitar. Don't just like you know, like don't play an acoustic like an electric. Pretend you're playing an acoustic. If you shift your brain and play like the guitar you're trying to sound like, you'll actually end up sounding like that guitar. <coughs> Michael, what's up, Michael? Uh, was I scared um, for my life climbing back down the steps of Chichen Itza? Yes, I got to visit Chichen Itza um, when I was in Mexico. Uh, they don't let you climb the steps anymore. It's off limits, which is, which is a bummer. I, I really liked going there. Uh, you asked another question. This is uh, another question. This is Michael Chimay, um about vocals and how long it took me to get my vocals to a point where I was comfortable with it. Well, as you could hear from before, my voice cracking, it still hasn't happened yet. Um, one thing that I did learn, I mean, as soon as I met Anne-Marie, my, my singing got better because she basically straightened me out a lot with what I was doing wrong. Um, the first thing is breathing. That helped a lot because a lot of the times when I was singing, what I would do is I would go, <gasps> breathe into the chest and then sing. But the problem is you are at like half power there because you have to fill the entire cavity here with air and then you can sing better and longer and more consistently. Um, so that's that's the first like technical thing. But the other thing was that like I was always under the impression that you just open your mouth and the first sound that comes out is how you sing and that's that. Um, and that's not true. Um, just like you would put a, um, <clears throat> just like you would put a guitar pedal on uh, on a guitar to make it sound differently, you can do things to your voice to make it sound differently, all internally. Maybe a guitar pedal is not the right um, analogy, but like you know, you can play a little differently. Like you can dig in, or you can play softer, or you can move where you pick with the guitar. Like you can do that with your voice too. And I found that. I'll tell you where it, where it really changed for me because I sang, <coughs> I sang a certain way for a very long time, and I didn't deviate my voice. Like this is the way I sound, and that's it. And I sang pretty much the same way on my first album, Alone in My Basement, and the Progeny album. I sang the same exact way. I didn't try to affect my voice at all. And then when I um, started trying to sing like Michael McDonald, and I like trying to figure out how to make my voice change to match that I realized I can do that you know that's that's when things changed for me but I only did that for Michael McDonald and then other like impressions and Anne-Marie pointed out to me she goes no no that's affecting your voice like if you don't sing the way you want to sing normally then change the way you sing normally to do that because you can you know that's totally fine but a lot of the singers feel like no I'm like you know that's fake I'm pretending to be someone else but like everybody does that, you know, everybody who sings is trying to sound like something. It's your sound. So that's my advice to people like, you know, put on a voice and and don't be and don't and, and don't be afraid to say like, oh, well, I'm doing a like, you know, <clears throat> whatever. I'm doing a Brian Adams impersonation right now. That's not how I sing. Well, you know, what? maybe Brian Adams is doing a Brian Adams impersonation. So like if your voice doesn't sound the way you want, affect it, you know, make it different and then. 
after a while of doing different things, like you'll figure out what you want your voice to sound like. And that's, that's kind of how I do it. Um, but yeah, Michael McDonald was the first time I ever tried to sound like somebody else, you know. He came from somewhere back in the long ago. The sentimental fool. Like just, you know, singing. That's not how I sing. Um, but that's, that's where it came from. So yeah, if you listen back to yourself and also recording yourself is great. If you listen back to yourself and you're like, man, my voice sounds like crap. Well, do something about it. Change the way you sing. All right. Here's some more questions here. Um, Haddon 101. Do they make that shuriken very extra people who want a metal looking guitar? Uh, not only metal looking, uh, metal, uh, feeling because i believe that has a longer scale i actually played that guitar it's fantastic um <clears throat> it's a longer scale so the strings feel a little tighter so that's the uh that's the way that goes um okay peter newman or neumann peter neumann uh, what's your favorite beat wait a second wait 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 wait. thank you jim crouch thank you very much really appreciate it um okay Let's see. Oh, okay. Uh, Peter Norman, what's your favorite BOC song to play and favorite Buck Dharma guitar lick? Okay, my favorite Buck Dharma guitar lick. Actually, I can't even play it. It's in um, it's in Godzilla. Um, there's this like crazy lick he plays. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a this continuing thought. It uh, something like. Um, <laughs> He does like. Hold on a second. He does that like sort of like arpeggio thing. Uh, <clears throat> sadly enough, I never actually learned it. I, I probably should learn it. But that's my favorite Buck Darmalik, if you, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, my favorite BOC song to play? Um, on keyboards, I love playing Black Blade. Like, I just love that song. Um, I think it's a fun song. It's very cool. And um, I, I love the subject matter, obviously. Um, I like playing Burn For You just because I think that's a tremendous song. Uh, so th- those probably are my favorites, uh, Burn For You and Black Blade. And, I, you know, I like some of the, the rare stuff. Like um, it, it, like playing Tenderloin was fun. And, uh, and I used to love, on bass, I think my favorite song was Seven Screaming Dizbusters. We used to, we only did it briefly, but we we did we did a really awesome version of that. If you guys can find that from like 2005 or something, 2006, like we used to play the crap out of that song. Okay, um, <clears throat> some more questions here. Uh, Faroy wants to know, do you ever listen to any international artists? Not the viral pop stars like Psy with Gangnam Style, but other bands. Uh, for example, someone in the Japan, Taiwan, Finland, uh, etc. rock metal scene. Um, yes, I like the band Lacuna Coil a lot. Um, I'm a big fan of, uh, Eilert Pilarm, which is Swedish Elvis. Check that out. And, um, international artists. I'm sure there's a lot, but I'm having trouble thinking of them right now. But, um, yeah, the, the, oh, 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 Rhapsody of Fire, uh, an Italian band. Love that band. Amazing. Um, Kali Shaz wants to know can you listen to yourself objectively or does it take someone else to say what's working for you <clears throat> I uh, usually can uh, especially when I get to listen back um, but 
one story I like to tell, like for guitar stuff, and most of the, definitely vocals, not so much because I, you know, I'm I'm very self conscious as a singer. Um, but like for example, when I was doing the Bohemian Rhapsody video years ago, um, Anne-Marie was upstairs, you know, doing whatever, and I'm singing it, and I did a take, and I thought it was pretty good, and she yelled down, "Hey, that sucks. Do it again." So you know, it's good to have. Yes, I can be objective with myself, but it's really good to have another set of ears, especially someone like Henry who has amazing ears. So th- thank you for that question. Let's head on back to Facebook to see if there's uh, anything else and we can wrap this up. <clears throat> oh, Bill says he has a black 69 if we're looking to trade. Uh, would it happen to have a maple fretboard? Let me know. Uh, he's talking about my Variax. I wanted, uh, I wanted to uh, get a different color Variax. Okay, Dell Clayman. Were there any issues smuggling death-bringing lightsabers into Mexico? No, uh, um, I didn't bring one this time because my 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 bag was very full. But uh, <coughs> I actually did get a, a couple of uh, lightsaber questions, and I'll answer them at the end because I got them through YouTube. Um, Uh, James Randall wants to know if that Mickey D video is my real voice. Are you are you um, are you referring to Michael McDonald? Yes, that's my real voice. Is that it? I think I think we're. I I I apologize if I miss some questions in Facebook. They keep like disappearing, and I can't see them anymore, which is stupid. All right, so um. Now for some ridiculous questions. Here's some lightsaber questions from Facebook. Where do you get your lightsabers? I really want to buy one. That's from Razor22. Um, I <laughs> Okay, for those of you who don't know, you, I'm sure you all know, uh, my hobby is collecting and, and modifying lightsabers from Star Wars. Um, yes, that's what I do. Everybody has their thing. Um, okay, good question, Razor22. The majority of my lightsabers come from a company called Saberforge in Oregon, and uh, they're not too expensive. You can get one for a couple hundred bucks. Here's one, and um, they're pretty durable, and you can fight with them. They're not like, um, they, I mean, they're they're they look beautiful. I mean, this is a great looking lightsaber, but um, <clears throat> you know, other companies might make things that are more accurate to the movies. Uh, that's not what these guys are about. They make ones that are inspired by the movies, but you can beat the crap out of them. That's that's why I like this company. Um, and uh, I uh, got to visit their factory. It's on a previous podcast, and the owner, Phil Isherwood, was a very cool guy. Uh, so this is the majority of what I use. Um, but I do have some other non-Saberforge ones. Like, I'll show you the prize of my collection here. Um this is, I just got this. This is an episode three Obi-Wan Kenobi lightsaber from a company called Roman Props. And if you, it's chrome. Just look at this thing. It's bananas. This thing, like, it's it's so shiny, the camera can't even, like, process its awesomeness. But, yeah, I, I don't have electronics in here. I will be installing this. I'm going to be putting a NeoPixel blade in this, which is the one that doesn't just light up. It does the whole, like, there's all the scrolling effects. 
Uh, it's probably a little bit above what I'm capable of as a uh, as a and uh, as a lightsaber installer, but I'm going to try it anyway. And hopefully, my cousin Phil will help me because he's much better at the stuff than I am. Uh, but yeah, look, this is just gorgeous. It's amazing. But the thing is, I can't fight with this. This basically has to live on a shelf. Uh, that's why I sort of buy most of my stuff from Saber Forge because I can really beat the crap out of that and, and it'll stand up to the abuse. This like this would just fall apart if I ever fought with it. So no no fighting with these. And look, it's too pretty to fight with. So anyway, um, we have another, another lightsaber question here. And um, hold on a second. I got a call from my wife. Hey, I'm I'm doing a live stream. Hold on, say say hello to the live streamers. Say hello. Hi, everybody. That's my wife, Anne on the live stream. Can Uh, I tell you something really cool? uh, Is it is it a private thing or something you can say on the live stream? No, it's something that everybody can hear. Okay, go. Um, the guy who plays Samuel Charlie is on this cruise, and I waved at him. I kept looking at him, and I thought it might be him. And then he could tell I was looking at him, and then he like looked down and waved at me, and I screamed at him, and I go, "Is that?" You? <laughs> and, and, and he, he nods yes. And I now need to hunt him down so I can become, I can become his best friend. Okay, that's a great story. I love you. Have a have a have a great live stream. Enjoy, guys. It sounds like you're having a better time than me. So it, so go find Samuel Tarley. They just started playing Man Eater, so I don't think I can really go anywhere. Oh, all right. All right, I'll tell everybody what you're doing. All right, thanks, honey. I'll talk to you all later. Right. I'm, I'm waving to her like she can see me. Okay. Um. Anne is currently playing the uh, Impractical Jokers cruise, so uh, she, uh, so she's on the boat with a bunch of comedians and celebrities, and she's doing a '90s band with with a Vin Innocente on keyboards. So um, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, okay, uh, another another lightsaber question. I'll do one more lightsaber question. All right, question is from Ryan Singer. I haven't bought a saber yet, but I plan to, and I want a staff. Do you just buy two sabers and a coupler, or is there more to it? Also, do I need to purchase blades with the sabers? All right, I have a staff. This is my Saber Forge um, consular staff. Now, yes, what you do, you're correct, Ryan. You buy two of them, and you buy a coupler. So here's one. That's really on there. Here's two. And here is the coupler piece, and that's all you're doing is you put two of them together, and that's how you make a light, double-bladed lightsaber a la Darth Maul. Um, the blades don't come with all of them. If you get them, for Saber Forge at least, if you get the Warrior tier, they come with blades, but the Initiate tier does not come with blades. So yeah, I'll light this up so you guys can see something light up at least. Cyber Assassin. I'll never fall to the dark side. Yeah. So there you go. So that concludes the lightsaber portion of this show today. Very cool. Uh, Saberforge.com if you're looking to buy one. They're, they make some good stuff. At, um, they're pretty competitively priced, and you can get one pretty cheap, especially if you don't want sound. So there you go. Okay, um... I think I'll play one more tune to play us out. And, uh... 
Um, so, okay. Ray, Ray's texting me. I answered your question already. Does the Spinal Tap cast need to lose some weight? Sure. Yes, we all need to lose weight. You bastard. You too, okay? How about that? That's Ray Magnuski, uh, who was on last week's Spinal Tap podcast. Oh, yeah, guys, thank you for watching that, by the way. that was We had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, okay, here we go. Here's one for you guys.
there you go. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I had a lot of fun with you guys this evening. This evening. Thank you for joining me. And uh, I don't know what we're doing next week. Uh, I'll keep you guys posted. Thanks for making this a fun evening. It's a, it was a great way to spend a Wednesday night. And um, I appreciate it. So, And thanks for contributing. If you haven't done so, check out the link here for the tip jar. And we really appreciate all of your contributions. So thanks a lot, guys. And have a good night.